Welcome everyone to God Talk Uncensored, where no topic is off limits. We use the Bible as a source of truth, and everything we share is from our personal experiences and the Bible. All right, let's do this. Are you paying attention? Are you watching what's happening around you? Are you aware of the times that we're in? Do you know what's happening in the world? Do you see what's on the horizon? Can you see the swell uh, coming in? Are you prepared? These are things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up with. And this is going to be a prophecy update. If you um, listen to this podcast uh, in the very beginning phases of it, you can go back to um, Are We Living in the End Times? There's a two-part series. And um, you can kind of recapture some of this. Some of the things that I talked about in that particular, in those two episodes had not yet happened. And I was saying, these are the things that I believe are going to happen. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I do have the gift of prophecy. I didn't say I was predicting it. I was saying that the Bible predicted it. And the likelihood was that this was going to happen because the signs were very clear. And so I'm going to break some of this stuff down and we're going to do a little bit of a prophecy update. So first of all, I want to say we're not supposed to live in fear. Uh, we're, that's, God says we're not supposed to live in fear. As a matter of fact, uh, the, the words fear not or do not fear or you know that combination is 365 times in the entirety of the Bible. So that's one for each day of uh, the year. But the thing is, uh, we are uh, definitely living where the signs of the times are as clear and evident as they have ever been in history. You cannot get more, uh, more prophetically uh, accurate and uh, be living in a more biblical era right now. So I'm going to go over a few things. But I first want to say this. There are um, people... Uh, who have historically um, mocked the idea that there would ever be an end times, right? And we know as, as people who follow the Bible, who listen to the words of Jesus, that this is the number one spoke about thing that was culminating all of Scripture. All of the Old Testament pointed towards the end or to Christ, and then Christ pointed towards the end and then his return. So the very fundamentals of our faith, the very fundamentals of Christianity is Jesus Christ will return. That's, that's it. He says, I am going to go away to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. That was uh, an imagery that people of the day understood. There was the, uh, most of his disciples were uh, from Galilee, and they knew what their tradition spoke of, that when a, when a bridegroom and a, and a soon-to-be uh, bride would, would agree to terms, right, they would drink of the cup, and that cup was representative of a covenant. Jesus gave the cup right before he was to be crucified, which represented a covenant. So this bride scenario was he gave a cup. 
and then the bride would accept by sipping the cup and saying, I receive, I accept what you're telling me and I'm trust and I'm not only believing it, but I am, uh, I am a betrothed. I am, uh, giving myself to you at the appointed time and hour. Okay. So then what happened was the, the bridegroom, he would go away. He would go away with where his father would allow him to build a structure onto the family home, right? It was, uh, I believe, called a huppah. And so it would usually take about a year. And during this time, um, the, the bridegroom was fashioning a bed. He was fashioning articles and uh, furniture. He was preparing for the bride, but he actually never knew the day or the hour that he was to, to go and get his bride. His father was the one to declare that, and then he would act on what his father's command was. So this imagery was, Jesus says, nobody knows the day or the hour, only not even the son at the time, right? But only the father. And so the imagery was very clearly understood. So the fundamentals of the gospel is that Jesus says, I'm making a covenant with you. You're, you accept me into your life. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to prepare a place for you, right? We're talking heavenward. And then I'm going to come back so that I can take you with me and that where I am, you may be also. So these are the fundamentals of our Christian faith. There are those who believe that it's foolishness, right? There are those who believe that this whole analogy is stupid and foolish. As a matter of fact, they believe this even in biblical times. I'm going to read to you what the Bible says. 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, there will be scoffers that will come and they will follow their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming that was promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. They're going to basically say, it's a bunch of crap. What you believe is foolish and nothing's going to change. It's going to continue on the way that it always has gone. That is a sentiment that I hear all of the time. Everybody can sense in their spirit, right? In that inner core part, that there's something wrong, that there's something happening. We call that in Christianity through what the Bible teaches birth pains. And these birth pains are the gestational period. A woman, you know, starts to expand and then it gets to the point where she's going to give birth and there are birth pains. And then she eventually goes into labor and gives birth. We're in the birth pain period. We are in a, a time in society, in culture where we've never been before. Here it is. I gotta, here's the updates. 
By the way, if you're listening to me internationally, this probably resounds better. But if you're in America, we live in a bubble and we're consumed with social media and all kinds of other things that distract us from seeing exactly what's very clear right in front of our faces. So let me just say a few things that are happening. I'll talk about international stuff here in a second, but let me talk about first what's happening here in America. Uh, well, it's happening everywhere, but also here in America. Worldwide droughts. We've got water problems everywhere. And so there are droughts across the globe. These droughts don't just affect drinking water. They affect crops. They affect the ability to, to grow hay and other foods that animals then eat so that we have meat. So whether it be uh, cows, goats, sheep, what you name it, animals across the globe right now and in America are being early sent to slaughter because these farmers are not able to feed them. They don't have they don't have the hay, they don't have the crops and their wells have dried up and their and their land is parched and they so they are selling off their cows for way cheaper than they normally would, and they're sending them to slaughter. So what'll happen is this, our meat prices are fine now, our, um, uh, you know, we're gonna, they're gonna store off all this meat, but then all of a sudden, come next year, it's gonna snowball, and we're going to feel those effects, not only the, the whole wheat and grain crisis through Ukraine and Russia and stuff like that. It's happening here in America too. So this, this isn't an isolated thing. This isn't just going on in, uh, you know, it, it, far off and far away just because, you know, we can go into our grocery store and get packaged foods right now. This is happening everywhere. I have a friend who, uh, who he's a farmer. He's got 200 acres. He also raises chickens. And he says that the, 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 the chicken, the flu that these chickens are getting, the bird flu, if the, if the USDA comes in and they test one chicken just at random and they find that it has some type of a virus, they kill, they mandate the killing of all of the chickens. So my friend, he has 200,000 chickens, right? So if, if they come in and find an illness from one chicken, all of a sudden they all got to die because they, they don't want for it obviously to become problematic across the board. However, the guy that invented the, uh, the, the test for the chicken that, to see if they have the virus has publicly come out and said, do not use my test. It does false positives. It does false negatives. When I did it, it isn't as accurate as it should be. Please don't use the test. So he's like sounding the alarm. They've ignored him. And so they're still just using this test. So if they find, get a false positive, they'll just kill all of the chickens. So what we've got across the board is we've got, we've got a food shortage coming, whether it be from meat or from grains. This is worldwide. This is going to affect us massively in 2023. And then on top of that, what we have very clearly in front of us is World War III is coming. If you're not paying attention, you need to turn on international news. Don't just watch Fox. Don't just watch CNBC and, and, and CNN. Look at other news networks. Look at what's going on in the globe. You have to pay attention to what is happening in the entirety of the world, not just in your backyard and in your, uh, in your country. All right. 
So I said this before in uh, one of my previous episodes that I believed very clearly that uh, so. seedbed of prophecy starts and stems out of Israel, right? Everything starts and and expands out from Israel. Let's just look at that as the center of God's uh, eye and and the worldview that the Bible perceives everything from comes out of the nation of Israel and Jerusalem specifically. So what's happening in Israel? What's happening with what I talked about, uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog and Magog war, and saying that eventually what would happen was they would come down and they would create trouble and they would align themselves at some point because of this 32 uh, trillion uh, cubic feet of natural gas that was found that Russia doesn't want to go on the open market because they want to dominate that that you know that industry. So they they, they don't want Israel to be able to sell that to Europe, and so that's a the hook in the jaw that we talked about. And you can go back to that episode. What would draw Russia down to come against Israel? But what the Bible was really clear on was that 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 Gog is a person, more than likely it's Putin, and Magog is a place. So Magog comes down, this is Russia, comes down and aligns himself with a whole bunch of other nation states, one of them being Persia. Well, wait a second, we don't have Persia anymore. Who's Persia? Well, Persia was renamed Iran in 1935. So Iran, which is the uh, the world sponsor of terrorism and the biggest hater of Israel on the planet, Iran has been trying to get nuclear weapons. They've been they've got enough to probably send a bomb on a warhead somewhere, right? Um, more than likely, it's going to go straight to Israel because prophetically, they believe that it's their job to usher in the 12th Imam and the second coming of Christ by completely annihilating and wiping Israel off the map. It is in their eschatology. That means their end times beliefs. So here's the thing. My previous episode didn't talk about that coming to pass yet. I said it was going to come. But in the last few months, what's actually happened just in the last couple of weeks is Russia has aligned themselves with Iran. And they've aligned themselves with Iran to the point militarily that Russia launched a satellite on behalf of Iran so that Iran could spy on Israel, the United States, and even help Russia uh, go go into Ukraine and do more damage. So the strategic partnership that they've had, and then they started buying all of these, um, these, these drones and stuff like that, Russia did from Iran, in addition to, right, in addition to Syria. So Syria has been these, this place on the border state of, uh, of Israel that has been constantly bombarding and, and coming against through all of these proxies uh, of Iran coming against Israel, launching rockets, uh, staging all kinds of crazy stuff. So you hear of these these attacks that happen where uh, fighter jets from Israel will bomb places in Syria where they have weapons depots or they're doing some kind of research or whatever. And so this is just a reality that's happening constantly. We have been trying for... we. 
Donald Trump got us out of the Iran nuclear deal. He said it was a bad deal. It was no good. We were helping them to be rich and, and do more terrorist stuff, right? So he got us out. We, we I would say the United States, since uh, the new administration has come in, has feverishly tried to get back into the Iran nuclear deal to the point where we are ready to ink this thing now. They are ready to sign this deal, which basically gives them hundreds of billions of dollars, allows them to sell, sell oil on the open market and continue to uh, expand their nuclear program up to a, a certain amount of time in a few years. It's insanity. It's, and you know what we get from them in return? Nothing. Nothing. We get zilch. Nada. That's what we're getting in return. We're basically signing a deal that says you get to do whatever you want and we're going to give you tons of money of which evidence has shown when you give them money, they take that money and they fund terrorist organizations like in Gaza, Hezbollah, all of these people that, that do horrible things. Okay, I'm getting, getting a little riled up about it now. So here's the thing. Israel has flat out said, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it will never allow for, for Iran to get a nuclear weapon. They will strike. They will. Now, that's just one thing going on right there. But then we got the kings of the east. So we got China. Okay. If you remember what happened was um, Russia was doing military exercises on the border of Ukraine. They were just doing exercises. And so they amassed all of their troops while they were doing exercises. And then eventually they, they launched, they attacked, they had their military operation. It's very possible that what China is doing to Taiwan right now is that exact same scenario. And if they don't do it now, they are, they are setting a stage for what this will look like in the very near future. And that would drag us into, the, into war because we've got a strategic relationship there. We've made some promises, handshakes behind the door. We're kind of uh, obscure in what we, what we have said, but we will... I believe back uh, Taiwan because it's a strategic place in uh, that region that we have relationship with. Here's the thing. The United States used to be the number one world's superpower. I believe that we still are to a degree, but we have weakened ourselves within on the world stage to the point where we are no longer considered um, the, the, the big dog on campus. We're just not. These other uh, countries that are um, terrorist at heart, they are communist uh, or socialist or a combination. These countries are rising up to become new world superpowers. And they're aligning themselves with other uh, countries that have similar um, ideology or like Russia doesn't have the same ideology, but it is a dictatorship because just look at how it's running and how it, how it operates. So you take these, these countries that are aligning themselves and you can say, 
huh, how does this line up uh, with Scripture? And what are the things happening right now that would lead me to believe that we are marching ourselves into the end times? Well, all of these things I just described to you, if I went in detail to all of the areas in Scripture, you'd be like, oh, well, that's happening today. Oh, wow, that's happening today. Gee, that's something that's right on the horizon. Wow, I didn't realize that was, uh, that was so clear. It's happening right now. Okay. I think what I'm trying to get everybody to sort of wake up to is there's a numbness that has taken place within our, uh, and I believe it's a deception. I believe that there's a mass deception and the deception is everything is going to be fine. It's going to go on like it always has. It's always the end of the world. There's always, yep, Jesus is always going to be coming back. And so whatever. Guys, you know, in your spirit, and I'm talking about that inner, that inner person, that inner man, right? You know in your spirit, something's wrong. Something's coming. I don't talk to many people, Christian or not. I think Christians are quickened by the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ, so we understand the thoughts of God and what's, what's actually happening. But other people feel it. They can sense it. They know that something's off and something's coming. There's a corruption going on in our governments, our government and governments all over the world. Uh, fiat currency, paper money, people are realizing is worthless, is just a bunch of printed stuff that we say has value. And so people are getting like, they don't, they don't know. It's a new zeitgeist shift and it's happening uh, so quickly that people are going to be caught off guard. So a number of, uh, a couple years ago, my wife and I felt this, this the, the nudging, we felt the prompting, we felt the Holy Spirit speaking, and we made what we believe to be the right move and the right change for us and our family. We knew. And we never looked back and said, gee, we wish we would have done something else or done something different. No, we knew. And we know today that where we are is where God wants us to be. But we also saw what was coming. We saw what was coming in the place that we were living. We saw what was coming on the coastal regions that we were living. We saw what was happening in our culture. And we wanted to make some changes that we knew were going to be for the longer haul of what is about to take place. You know inside, if God's been asking you to to move, to, uh, to make some shifts, to start doing some research to look at doing stuff differently, uh, that knocking on your heart, that's the Holy Spirit and he's pre- preparing you. He's, he's, he's saying to you, I need you to listen. I need you to pay attention. Don't, don't bury your head in the sand. Don't look away. Don't be one of those in, in Second Peter uh, chapter 3 who's like, where is the coming of the Lord? He ain't coming till all of a sudden he's here. And then what? Well, the Bible says in the door is shut and locked. And everybody that was invited to the bridegroom who already accepted the invitation, we are the bride of Christ. Those who have, have committed their life to Christ, we're the bride. He's coming back for us, right? And everybody's invited. Matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, gave a parable where he says people refused to, the, the people who should have shown up, the religious people refused and they made excuses. So, 
they, they, they hollered in the streets and the ghettos and the byways and said, anybody and everybody can come to the wedding. That was all of us because we're not Jewish, right? We're Gentile. We're, we're not, we don't, we don't come from, uh, the, the lineage of Israel. And so we, we got to be grafted into the, to the promises we got to join, we get to, and we, we got to join in the, in the blessings that he had for, for his people. And now we're his people. And so he's coming back for us. Don't be caught off guard. The door will be shut. And it says that all the, all the people in the, in the wedding festival, that once they're in there and the door's shut, it's too late. Are you gonna? Are you gonna make that? Are you gonna be a part of that? I hope you are. I'm. I'm gonna be there. I mean, I want you to be there. If you don't know Jesus, it's now is the time. It's time to say, Lord, I need you. I. I. I want to join that. I don't want any part of the other stuff. Uh, it's the fruitless deeds of darkness. It just. It's not fulfilling. It doesn't bring any fruit in my life. I need help, and I want you to come into my life. I accept your, uh, your forgiveness, and I, I believe in you. Thank you for dying for me and giving me your Holy Spirit. If you haven't ever prayed that prayer, it's simple. There's no magic formula that some people would try to make you believe that you've got to jump through some spiritual hoops. No. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. And if you're a Christian and you've buried your head in the sand and you're so caught up with all this foofy junk that's in the culture and trying to navigate through not being canceled or saying anything to offend anybody, wake up, right? The gospel's offensive. It's offensive. And it's sad. I get it. But it is. We've got to be true to who we are. We've got to be true to the God that called us. And we've got to rise up, rise to the occasion. God bless you guys. I love you. This was probably a little bit tougher, but I didn't think it would go this long. I will say this. When I talk about other stuff to transform people's hearts, I get like 25 likes or whatever, right? (laughs) When I talk about the end times, I'm getting like hundreds of people are like, this is cool, right? I want it all to be cool because following Jesus is nothing but cool. Anyway, love you guys. Until next time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to God Talk Uncensored. We appreciate your support. And until next time, God bless you.